Instant Analysis Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Let me tell you what, guys. These games are just heart-wrenching. They're emotional. They're stressful. I've, I lost my voice not from this game, but I feel like I should have lost my voice from this game. These are just continually stressful things to watch. Ravens win 16-3 over the Bears. Uh, I mean, Tyler Huntley leads a game-winning drive after the Ravens give up a touchdown to Marquise Goodwin on a fourth and 11 to Andy Dalton. Who, there were Andy chants at Soldier Field. Banks, you were at Soldier Field. Break it down for us. I, I, I'll be honest. I did not hear any Andy chants. You might have just made that up. But they were saying it on the hear... broadcast. Nance said it on whatever it's I didn't hear a single person say that, but the fire of Matt Nagy chants were very loud. They were very out there. And the murmurs, the murmurs all football game, especially, you know, I'm getting into the, some quick weeds here, but the fourth and one where they booed the hell out of them for sending the punt team out, and then he calls the timeout and then sends out a wildcat formation. Just like a peak, peak Matt Nagy kind of play. Uh, anyways, uh, that game was about what anyone could have expected when Lamar Jackson was declared out. Just a rock fight. Um, shout out to my guy, Bill, who uh, was able to find a ticket there for me. And I sat with him and his, his, his couple of Bears buddies. Um, we knew what kind of football game that was going to be. And it turned out to be exactly that. He predicted that 16-14 Ravens win. And Nagy going for two unexplicably there is a difference between him being right and wrong on that. So just an ugly football game. And we just came up big in the, in the end with a big drive there, which just seems to be this team's MO. I mean, just an absolute pull it out of the ass, Tyler Huntley drive there. Unbelievable win. Unbelievable. It, uh, was it not Sammy Watkins? who caught the pass in Detroit too on the third and was it third and 19 or fourth and 19 or something that, that sparked that, that drive too. I think, I mean, Watkins, I think this was his first game back from injury. I don't know. He may have come back last game, but oh no, he did come back last game because he had that boneheaded play. But yeah, I mean, again, they, they hit him with that, with, with the cover zero defense and Huntley, the throw by Huntley is not getting talked about enough on the run to his right drops an absolute dime to Sammy Watkins. And, and again, I mean, that gets him down there on the third, third and whatever. Um, essentially, I mean, it, 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 that won the game for him. That was an unbelievable throw, unbelievable play. And, and you, uh, you got to give all the credit in the world to Tyler Huntley, whether he found out he was starting 20 minutes before the game or, you know, he kind of got tipped off during the week when they said, hey, Lamar's not, Lamar's not 100% because every, everything this morning and last night, I didn't think people were that concerned about it. This morning, it was like, People were legitimately freaking out. Is Lamar going to play? Oh, my God, look at him walking off the bus. Look, he's walking like this. He doesn't look right. Um, so for Tyler Huntley to come up and play like that, 26 for 36, 219, no touchdowns. He threw the interception that I wouldn't say was his fault. Um, Mark Andrews kind of has to have that ball. And, and, and um, for him to ball out like that again, and, and uh, I wouldn't say a hostile crowd, as, as Banks is pointing out, they're, they're more hostile towards uh, their own guys. So – kind of probably feeds it Ravens uh, favor a little bit, but I mean, I thought Tyler Huntley played about as well as you could have hoped. Um, he wasn't going to be Lamar. And again, I mean, when you saw that, the, the list of players who were out, Jimmy Smith and Brandon Williams and, and, and Hollywood guys like that. I mean, it was all the credit in the world. And, and like, like we said, you know, it seems like when the Ravens are down, they're not out. And, and that was kind of the whole mantra of the second half. And it was, 
it, it, it was funny because people were joking, like when Tucker hit the field goal to go up three nothing, and they're like, "Well, the Ravens are going to win three nothing because neither offense could do anything." Yeah. And and it was, I mean, again, that that second half kicked up a notch, and and I mean, for all the all the credit in the world to Tyler Huntley and the, and the offense, and and we got to come up with a nickname for Devonta Freeman because he, I mean, he he played really well, and obviously he had the, he had the game winning touchdown. Yeah, the think- vibe in the crowd was the same, yeah, where it felt like anybody who scored when they got ahead, like, oh, that's it. The complexion of the game of either team, when they fell behind, it felt insurmountable. So it's kind of exactly the kind of game you could have expected going in. Yeah, I agree. I think we, when we talked about it this week, I, I made a point about how this was going to be about how the Ravens offense – responded to just being an outright atrocity against Miami. And once Tyler Huntley was starting the game, that kind of goes out the window. Like, they were just going to have to survive and try to win a very ugly game, as you said, Banks, at the beginning. Like, once Tyler Huntley was starting, this game was going to go this way. And if it had gone any other way, it would have been surprising. It was going to be low scoring. It was going to be ugly at times. It was not going to feature a lot of great quarterback play. But credit to Andy Dalton and Tyler Huntley, who – both made huge throws at the end of the game, and the Ravens just had theirs last with less time on the clock. The, the, the throw to Watkins, is, I mean, it's a great play by Watkins. It's a great play by Huntley. Rolls out to his right. He's got a guy trailing him and a guy coming towards him to make a hit and just kind of throws it on the run. It's a, as you said, Eric, it's a dart. It's a straight-up dart. It's right in his hands. Um, <laughs> on the first play of the drive, he, he threw a horrible throw that I don't – I mean, I guess that – pass interference but a total bailout situation um and they kind of got him going kind of got him going um what a win i mean credit to the ravens defense that you know made the bears offense look exactly as we thought they were probably going to look throughout the game i think Nick, he has some stones for you know having you know you have fields and you have dalton and there's just so much consternation i can only imagine what the atmosphere is like in the stadium talking about the qualities of those two guys because both of them are very hard to watch, Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Um, but they put themselves in a position to win, and the Ravens just took it from them at the end. I, it's amazing how these games find new ways to be. You know, that's such an easy cliche, like, oh, my God, they just find new ways for it to be exciting. But, man, I mean, this game was nothing in the first half. I mean, it was a horrible game. Just yeah, bad but, for- like – a lot of these other games have been like, oh, my gosh, there's defensive breakdowns everywhere. Who's going to stop who? The score's just getting out of hand. You just can't trust anyone to stop anyone. This was almost the opposite, and it wasn't because of, of quality of play. It was just like these offenses, I just can't perceive how they're going to move the football. And, you know, I feel like, yeah, we put together some better drives as, a, as the game came along, but – it felt like from the first run of the game, we picked up five yards on a run. It was like, okay, we might have a little something here. Like, we got something to at least move the ball and control the ball. That shows in the time of possession stats. We had 39 minutes, I think, to 21 or so. Um, there was just little encouraging signs that, like, okay, we're not going to light up the scoreboard today, but we're going to move the ball a little bit and at least, like, give ourselves chances to kick field goals and, if need be, try to make a drive at the end. And, I mean – yeah, the touchdown drive at the end was massive. It's it's really the, it's the difference in the game, but they showed some ability to do that when they drove at least down the field to kick the field goal at the end of the first half. There were some throws mixed in. Um, yeah, they there was just signs of life at least that we weren't going to be completely incompetent, um, even though on the whole it didn't feel like we were all that impressive whatsoever. 
So it's just one of those things where, again, like you say, it sounds very cliche, but we just needed to find our way and figure out how we were going to get through 16 minutes of football and be on the right side and, you know, the right end of the scoreboard. And, and it looked like we weren't going to be when they made the drive to get ahead there. But, yeah, pass interference. And then I thought that I thought the throw to DuVernay was just as good as the throw to, to Watkins there to get us to the 30 at least um, to keep that drive moving because, yeah, at, I'm standing there with, 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 with the guy, Bill, that I went to the game with, and then we get the ball back with a minute 35 or so. And it seems like a very, not insurmountable, but a very tall mountain to climb to drive 75 yards in a minute 30 with that kind of situation, with that kind of quarterback. And getting that pass interference to get up to midfield or so to start that drive just, just completely changed the complexion of the drive entirely where – yeah, now you're just going 50 yards in a minute 30 with two timeouts. That seems so much more manageable. And then for him to hit that next throw to DuVernay and get it into, you know, it wasn't field goal range situation, but just to where you feel like the end zone is a place you could throw the ball to and score. Um, I think it just made it so much easier. And we got to the point where, yeah, we got a goal to go situation and we had a timeout at our disposal. We had the option to run it. We ran it in and that was, that was the game. So man, it's uh just another day in the life of being a Baltimore Ravens fan, I guess. You know who else needs to have, have credit in banks? I don't know how much, you know, you were following, obviously, being at the game. Tyus Bowser was awesome today. Like I, all, I saw it from, from where I was, yeah. He had attitude, too. There was a couple of false starts where he was the guy jumping and pointing, and he, he, he does a lot more than just, you know, being in the right position and flying around and being near the football. He's – He's a leader on this defense now, and I, he brings an energy that some of the guys on the defense don't necessarily bring because they just haven't been out there that much. They've got so many guys out there playing a lot of snaps that aren't terribly experienced. So he's, uh, he's bringing the energy. He's bringing the experience. And, and I felt great about the re-signing of him in the offseason for a very, like, team-friendly deal. I feel even better about it now. Two sacks, a tackle for loss, five total tackles. Um... Yeah, again, I mean, he he was all over, and like you like you said, he does a lot of the stuff that doesn't show up in the uh, in the box score. And and real quick, obviously, Banks, you didn't hear this, Taylor. How was how was Jim Nance saying Duvernay's name? People were furious about it. Did you pick it up? It was not registered to me, to be totally honest. It was people were saying he was saying like du, Duvarnay or something like that. Uh, Nance is gonna put his flourishes where he puts his flourishes. <laughs> that's 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 what a guy that's that's what a guy that's one of the best in the business is gonna do. He's gonna piss off the fan base. It's not like when Greg Gumble's doing it. <laughs> I don't think Ravens fans it's, like when anyone calls their games. You're probably right on that. Well, it's also it's not just Ravens fans; it's every fan base. Every fan base yeah. hates every announcer. It's such a such a perfect word to use there to use the word flourish. It's just a Nance flourish that he puts. It's a little just a little spice that he puts on it. It's just a pro's pro. Also, I was kind of surprised. I thought going into this game, um, they would try and run the ball a lot more. And, again, maybe this was just something that they saw progress as the game went along and they realized they could throw the ball with Huntley. 36 attempts for Huntley, 34 rushing attempts, too, for the Ravens. If you, I mean, including Tyler Huntley, seven. So I, I would have never, never guessed that that was the total. I would have thought it was between 20 and 25 throws. It didn't feel like a lot of throws, but I guess it was. Yeah, I mean, 26 for 36, too. He averaged six yards um, a pop. And, again, I mean, the big thing, too, and I said to Taylor, I didn't realize he was sacked six times. They, they got to him a lot. You know, they, they were in his oh kitchen. Right? 
Um, and the rushing, 34 rushes, 123 yards, led by Devontae Freeman's 49, um, and a touchdown. It, you know, it wasn't like they – I don't know. I mean, they, like, like we said, they kind of just gutted it out and they found a way to, to get it done and just drain the clock because and, and, they, they held the advantage, you know, time of possession. And you hold the ball. I also, again, it was kind of like the, the Miami game. I would not have felt scared if Justin Fields had the ball in his hands more. Like, I would have welcomed that because he – he wasn't doing anything. He, 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 I think he connected on one or two down the field. But, I mean, obviously that all changed when Dalton comes in. Dal- when Dalton comes in, it feels like uh, the closer at the end of uh, – or it feels like when um, Wild Thing comes in and like uh, – in uh, uh, big um, – why, why can't I think of it? Major League. Major League. Yeah, it's like you just know, like, oh, shit, here he comes. I'm, I'm sure he gave a lot – he got a lot of people flashbacks. A lot of people. Bags, can, yeah, can you give us your review of the uh, Soldier Field Game Day experience? I kind of I tweeted a little bit about it today. Um, so I took an Uber from from Wrigleyville to go down to the stadium. Uh, the the driver told me like, "Hey, I, I'll drop you off here because like the road shut down and the, and the app doesn't really reflect it, whatever." It took me on kind of a walking path by a museum and stuff, and there was a lot of people walking like under a tunnelway and everything. And it was just unbelievably quiet. Like, people just walking in silence, not even chatting amongst each other. Didn't hear any, like, game day music. Like, just not, not great vibes, to be honest, of these Bears fans going to Soldier Field. And I don't know if that's a circumstance of just where I was or the energy that the franchise as a whole, but it feels a lot like the Matt, the Matt Nagy experience has just drained the life of this franchise in a big, big way. Um, it was kind of tough to, at least at that point, to experience it. From there, I got to a tailgate. There was a lovely experience with the uh, – it was Bill's tailgate, but he, he also had the Zietlers there, and they were awesome people from Wisconsin, exactly what we expected. They had a little spot of cow. That was lovely. Went into the stadium. The stadium was like a train station. I mean, the, the experience getting into the stadium, wild. It's absolutely wild. It makes no sense. There's all kinds of, like, small entrances, not like big gates. I don't know, man. Weirds me out. I completely understand why they're trying to get away from that location. So, um, Soldier Field, I mean, once you're inside the stadium, it's not a very big stadium, but it's, it's kind of intimate because the, the, the rows don't go, like, way back. They're kind of on top of each other. So, you felt like the crowd was almost on top of the field. So, in a scenario where the team is good and they got a lot of energy and the defense is playing great, I can perceive – how that stadium could be really tough to play at. That wasn't necessarily the case today. I mean, when the, when the fans wanted to voice their opinion, it was pretty much just on that fourth down <laughs> decision by Nagy where they booed him and booed him and booed him. And then when, they, when we drove down the field and took the lead, uh, them pretty much just saying, fire Matt Nagy, fuck Matt Nagy, all that stuff. That was very audible too. So, um, But all in all, Chicago, I mean, lovely people here, lovely city. Can't say enough good things about it as a whole. So I felt bad for them, to be honest. I felt bad for them. You, Taylor, I, are you I see, want better for these people. Are you seeing these quotes come in now? I have not looked at anything. Jonas Schaefer, Marlon Humphrey said Lamar Jackson was curled up in a ball on the flight to Chicago yesterday. He was so out of it, Humphrey said, that Lamar didn't even realize the plane had landed. Jesus. Sounds like a guy that was ready to play. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, the, following everything this morning was was unbelievable. And 
It sounds like there's something going around. That's, they said the locker room, Bozeman had it, Bateman had it, whatever it was. It just seems like it's hitting Lamar a lot, a lot harder than it's hitting everyone else. I mean, it's, you know, thank God that, that they don't play on Thanksgiving or, or you know, it's not, it's not a short week or anything. Because it's – I don't I, – who knows how well Lamar is right now. And But honestly, too, going into next game against – I guess it's Cleveland now, correct? Is it Cleveland? Cleveland on Sunday night, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure Tyler Huntley has gained a lot more confidence, and I'm, I'm sure the fans have gained a lot more confidence in him. If he has to go, now that's, that's big, you know, giving Lamar obviously the week to heal up. But I, I think now if – if Huntley has to go, I think people will be feel a little more uh, comfortable with it. Yeah, I'm gonna give some credit to you, by the way. Mark Andrews played a very nice game. It was kind of a security blanket. Brownlee threw out, and the one-handed catch he made in the first half was a was a great play. Um, he becomes a lot more valuable at a time where you lose Hollywood Brown and you have a guy like Tyler Huntley as the quarterback. He's gonna look a little bit more, and he's hard to throw to. So. Can you guys answer something for me? Sure. You can try. The play before, may have been two plays before, the um, the broken play touchdown to Marquise Good Goodwin. Like the one-handed catch on the sideline, we didn't really see enough good replays in the stadium or enough good angles. Like, was that a catch? No. Was his, was his hand out? I think he was in. I think his hip hit in bounds, but he just straight dropped the ball. Yeah, like, when he was... hit the ground, the ball just squirted out. I mean, everybody in my area was convinced I was a catch. They were celebrating and hooting and hollering, and I was like, ah. It wasn't even close. Like, he never controlled the ball. <laughs> it wasn't close. I thought that might have been the case. Because it looked like he could not possibly have controlled that without Hardy crashing on the ground. So. But they were, they were saying, like, Nancy and Romo were talking about how the crowd was seeing the views where it looked like he might have brought it in, like the back angle. But if you see it from the front, I mean, the ball's, like, squirting towards the camera. Like, it's not even close. So, unlike the phantom one from a couple weeks ago that, uh, or from last week, that I still don't know how got overturned. For the yeah, this is, this is pretty. Uh, this was yeah, pretty clear. It was that he very comfortable. Um, I mean, the, the broken play again. It's like it, it. It seems like it keeps rearing its ugly head. Like the defense just cannot stop giving up these big chunk plays. And like obviously, Chris Westry one on one with with Goodwin is not something anyone anyone ever wants. Um, I mean, it reminded me of the the, the game winner against the uh, the Raiders too, where where he was just so wide open on that. It was just it was. I was just waiting for a flag. That's what I thought, and then I saw it come in. It was passer, it was uh, roughing the passer. But I mean, the the defense again. I mean, uh, what's his name? Dalton came in, threw for two hundred one yards, two touchdowns, eleven for twenty three. Uh, Fields on the day was four for 11, 79 yards. So. Andy Dalton will go to his grave getting big chunk plays against the Raiders. I'll tell you what, Justin Fields does not strike the fear of God in you if you're playing against him. That's why I'm saying you want him in that game. It's like it was almost like Tua kind of. I know it kind of backfired on him, but I, he doesn't scare me at all. He may in a couple of years, but he was nothing. Yeah, he was not very good. Did Allen Robinson even play today too? No, he was out. Okay. I was going to say he's not on the box score at all. Yeah, he was out. He was out. I mean, both these teams were missing a lot of guys. It was, it was not a full strength. I think the, the little promo they did before the game was like a battle of the have-nots because none, none of the, you know, so many of the star players are not. But. I mean, P Pete Gilbert had a tweet from uh, WBAL. Let me try and find this. 
I imagine if I told you in August the Ravens would win a game in Chicago without yeah. Lamar, Hollywood, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, Ronnie Stanley, Anthony Averett, Jimmy Smith, Pernell McPhee, Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Put it that way. I mean, again, and Deshaun Elliott and Miles Boykin, like these. I mean, big players, and and yeah, they're obviously Khalil Mack not being on the other side. You know, that was a big one too. But I mean, again, the Ravens. Not you can't give them anything but credit for for coming out there and again winning, winning a big game on the road. And their backs were up against it. Yeah, and and the, and one key thing for Huntley, and then we can wrap this up. He his his mistakes never really compounded into huge turning like huge swing plays. Like Robert Quinn strips him in the first half ball, you know it works out. Ball bounces out of bounds like multiple times when he was sort of getting into the game. He, there was one time where they tracked him down from behind in the first quarter, and I have no idea how he didn't fumble. I mean, he just got, got chopped it perfectly, right? right? right on the other. I think it was. Quinn. I think that was Quinn again. I think it was too. Uh, going the other direction, ball doesn't come out. So, I mean, credit to him, I guess, for just sort of not letting it snowball at all. Um, I mean, the biggest one was that that could have turned was the the interception. I thought the Bulls. The I thought the Bears were almost foolish for doing their whole rundown of the end zone. And Pose, I was like, you guys are down. I think they were down two at the time. There was like nine minutes left. I was like, this game isn't even close to over. And they're trying to stunt in the end zone like, like they had just locked it up. So, yeah. I, I'll tell you, in the stadium as a whole, that felt weird. Like, that was a full 80 yards down the field to the opposite end zone. Yeah. Like, it, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> again, and it's the Bears. Like, what, yeah, what are we doing here? Again, that, that's something that if I was Matt Nagy, I would have been like, what the hell is this? I mean, I get it, but yeah, just again, I mean, I, Huntley looked calm. He looked cool. He looked collected. He never looked panicked or rushed. Um, and and I, he didn't, he didn't look fooled by any of the defenses either. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that now EDC will flip him for what? How many ones from, from Washington or something like that? There'll be a team who's going <laughs> to, I don't know about all that. Yeah. He's going to carry he, advocate. He, he looked like, uh, uh, I thought we would see him run a little bit more. He broke free in the first half at one point for like a good 15 to 20 yarder. I thought there'd be more design runs though. I thought the offense would be a little more gimmicky of sorts with the run game. And it just wasn't like they kind of ran their offense, which I think says a lot about their confidence in Huntley as a thrower. And, you know, again, I don't think anyone's going to be blown away by Huntley as a thrower today, but he also was adequate and made the throws when they mattered. And I always say, from my perspective, the throw to Watkins there at the end, maybe, like, it looked like he was just wide open and, and he only got the chance to throw it to him when he did because he made the space for himself. Um, but still, a great throw under pressure, like, from pressure from multiple angles. Like, he just had to get rid of the ball and he got rid of it and made, you know, gave Sammy a chance to catch it and make the play. And thank God he caught it because there's – there were a handful of throws that were kind of bobbled and, and looked like they weren't going to be caught, and a few that were just straight up not caught, like the one that Nick Boyle on the flat and a couple plays where they just looked out of sync. But that you can expect that when a backup quarterback is, is taking all the snaps. Yeah. As you said, he was adequate enough to get it done at the end. And in classic Ravens fashion, used a pass interference call to get himself down the field. He did. He was a big chunk fly. Joe Flacco was smiling as he saw that on the Jets. Smiling as he was getting mauled by the Dolphins defense. I don't know, Banksy, you haven't seen the hit against Flacco today, right? No, no, no. Oh, God. 
Give me, give me, a, give me a few minutes after this podcast, and I'll find it. I saw two touchdowns in what two ninety one from Joe. So him and him and Elijah Moore. People are saying, you know, maybe the best one two combination in New York in uh in some time. Yeah, since Eli and Plaxico, right? Many are saying. Well, the Ravens back in action next week, Sunday Night Football. I'm sure we'll be up at 1230 talking about how crazy of a game it was. Get well, Lamar Jackson. Get well, half the other guys on the team. Uh, Banks, enjoy the rest of your time in Chicago. Yeah, wait, what's, the, what's the layout? Are you, how, long you, how long are you in Chicago for tonight? Are you- I'm here until, until midday Tuesday, and then a little Thanksgiving up in Wisconsin. Uh, like, like I've said, lovely city here. I love this place. I'll be going to Old Town here and having a few to celebrate. Um, just a good win. Just uh, Especially just waking up and having the whole – I mean, I was nervous about Lamar going to bed last night. I didn't feel great about it from what I'd heard, too. Like, not great situation, and it turned out to be true. He wasn't playing. And for us to get a win here, we, I, we needed it bad. And that's what – like, I think I've said this over the years a, a couple times um, when talking about RG3 and some other backup quarterbacks we have. You don't get backup quarterbacks and you expect to come in and, and, and lead your team on a season-long stretch to a playoff year, like those types of things. You want your backup quarterback to give you chances to win games and spot starts. That's really the best way to manage, I don't know, the salary cap and, and have your, your backup be kind of a de- developmental prospect and, like, all that stuff. It's the most you can really ask from somebody. And so Tyler Huntley came in, and he just battled his ass off and gave us a chance to win, kind of like RG3 gave us a chance to win in Pittsburgh last year and subsequently Trace McSorley. Um, it's all you can ask for in the defense. We haven't really talked hardly about the defense at all outside of uh, uh, Ty's Bowser, but uh, they came up big. I thought Kalias Campbell played another great game. Uh, I don't know if he ever came back into the game after getting hurt there, but um, just, just again, very cliche, but a team win in a situation where you had to really have all your – your shit together and not make any critical errors that could cost you. And uh, we had a couple broken plays, but we got the job done. People were saying that the Calais Campbell may have been a, a bit, and then he and then he actually fell down and hurt himself. Like he knew that the that the Ravens were they had too many guys on the field, and he kind of fell to do the like oh my knee, and they said like oh he looks like he hurt his foot in the process. So I don't know. You'll have to review the all twenty two. They were booing. They were booing the heck out of him at the stadium, and then I was like okay, he's down. I started counting everybody on the field. And I was like, well, that wasn't too many men. There was a player who sprinted off and he got off in time. And then that started. So I don't know. It was strange. But uh, the next drive, the Bears had a player that went down and nobody, nobody booed him. It's kind of weird, right? You were booing him. I didn't boo him. I, I've got more respect than that. I'm a good guy. And there it absolutely is. And there it absolutely is. Ravens win 16-13 over the Bears. Banks live from Chicago. Thanks for jumping on with us. Enjoy uh, the rest of the time there. Ravens podcast next week. Sunday Night Football. What a season. Um, it, uh, thank you to the Houston Texans, by the way. Um, appreciate that. And that'll be it for tonight. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Ravens in the thick of it in the AFC. We'll see you for the regular show this week and then for the instant analysis next Sunday after Sunday Night Football. That is the instant analysis. Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.